I'm Dee Dee. And I'm Jenny. And this is Murder on My Street. Welcome to part two of Robert Juan. Of what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) That's where we left off. We left off with what? What kind of David Copperfield shit is that? (laughs) I think that's a direct quote. (laughs) It's some sort of magic. I'm like double fisting caffeine right now. I just realized I have green tea on one side and I have a diet Pepsi on the other. Oh, no. We're getting real in here, folks. (laughs) So to sum up, the medical examiner's conclusion was that Robert Wan was alive but incapacitated at the time the stab wounds were inflicted. Even if he were merely restrained, he would have had indications of defense wounds. He didn't have any. There was no blood on his face, his hands. There were no defects to the perfect stab wounds that were. Yeah, because if you're getting stabbed, if you're conscious for it, you're moving, you're moving around. Yes. You're fighting back. Yeah. He had his mouth guard in. So even if we go with, he was responsible for the semen on him and in him himself somehow. You still, he seemed like he was a very clean person and showering was the last thing he did at night before he got into bed. So he would have showered and that would have been off of him before he was stabbed by, quote, the intruder. So now let's go to the three men of the house and what they told police at the precinct. And now remember, they're acting pretty strange. Yes. I believe they had to get dressed. I don't think they all got to go in their white bathrobes. They're matching white bathrobes to the precinct. It's a look. They were separated Mm -hmm. to be interviewed. So Victor stated that they heard a, quote, kind of low scream or, quote, low breathy grunts, which to me are two very different sounds. Yeah, that's that's not a scream and a grunt, no matter how softly you do it, are two different things. I don't even know how you do a low scream, but. Ah. Um, do you want to do you want to demonstrate a low breathy grunt for us as well? (laughs) Cracking myself up. Okay, wait. (laughs) Low breathy grunt. That just sounds exasperated. Right. That just sounds like you're just over. You're just uh, over being stabbed. You're just done with the uh, whole thing. (laughs) Just enough already. Your freaking perfect stab wounds. Okay. Victor says when they heard whichever sound it was they heard, he and Joe jumped out of bed immediately. As they got to their bedroom door, they heard, quote, another kind of low scream, unquote. Ah. 
I'll, I'll, I'll act it out. You'll do the sound effects for us. While they were at their doorway, they heard that. And then he and Price ran downstairs and saw Robert injured in the bed in the guest room. He heard no one else. He saw no one else, despite everyone saying there must have been an intruder. And apparently it wasn't carpeted. The stairs were are were like wooden stairs. Huh. So you could hear people in the house. I mean, obviously, because Dylan said he clearly heard Robert taking a shower, walking down the hall and latching his door. So no one saw or heard anyone. He says he became hysterical. And at that time, Joe sent him upstairs to call 911. In the 911 call, Victor states he heard the scream from his friend And then he heard the door chime like it went. His story changed on the phone. So so he was saying that he first the door chimed and then they heard the scream. And then I think the second time he said it, he he rephrased it and he said they heard the scream and then they heard the door. door Okay. which happens if someone's opening or closing the door but if you're only hearing the chime once they're right they only went out or they only came they only in. went right so either the person was already there and left or came in and is still in the house yes which is why victor keeps saying he's scared and he doesn't want to stay downstairs he's fine with leaving joe down there but he's not going like he didn't want to go down there until he absolutely had to which is one reason why i think if the other two allegedly had anything to do with it i i think the whole thing was a shock to victor honestly i don't think he has any i don't think he knew at least at the time what happened Maybe still does not know. Hmm. So Dylan states that he went to his room after his conversation with Robert and Joe, closed his door, took that sleeping pill and read. He heard Robert taking a shower, then go to his room. He heard the door close and latch. And at some point after that, he drifted off to sleep. He states he heard some kind of noise. That registered, but didn't wake him. Then he heard a commotion. He listened to the commotion for a minute before he got up, put on that dashing white robe, Mm -hmm. and went to leave his room to find Victor on the phone with 911 and Joe on the bed holding a towel to Robert. They said there wasn't any blood. There was very little blood, though. Right. I don't know that he Where's really- the bloody towel. Was it staged? To, uh, okay. Yeah, that's one of the big mysteries of all of this. In the affidavit, and I'm going to quote it here. Ward indicated that he could not say whether Price or Zavorsky killed Mr. Wan as he, Ward, claimed that he did not emerge from his bedroom until well after the stabbing occurred, unquote. 
So Dylan just essentially throws the other two under the bus and is like, fuck like, them. They yeah, might have done yeah. it. I don't, I don't know, know what was going on. I took yeah. an Ambien. I read a book. I heard some commotion. I said, fuck that. Came outside. What's going on? I pay rent around here. Keep it down. Holy shit. Somebody been stabbed. Now, who knows what he took to sleep, but if he did take an Ambien, have you ever taken Ambien? No. I have mm-hmm. not. I prefer Klonopin. <laughs> uh, I hear but you. I have a friend who had to go off of Ambien because it messed with her so bad. She would, her husband would come home at like two or three in the morning because he, he worked a late shift. She would get out of bed, have whole conversations with him and do things she did not remember doing. Had no memory of. Yeah, I've heard that. And she also stopped taking it because she would have that weird thing where she would wake up and feel like she couldn't move. Mm-hmm. Like she was wide awake, but she couldn't move her limbs or do anything. Like she was trapped in her body. Yeah. So do we know that, I mean, I don't know what Dylan was taking, but. We don't. If it, I mean, it could have been something just over the counter. It could have been, who knows? Who knows? And but any of that could have explained his weird behavior after the fact when the paramedic yeah, got there. Because if you're still kind of on the sleeping pill, exactly. you're really you are out of it because you're supposed to be sleeping. Right. That pill doesn't give a fuck that someone got murdered in your house. It exactly. is still in your system. Exactly. And some of those sleeping pills are super harsh. Mm hmm. Okay, so Joe Price, his statement echoed Victor's. The chimes, a grunting noise, went downstairs to the guest room and found Robert injured on the couch slash bed. Victor started panicking. He told Victor to go upstairs and call 911. Even though there was a phone in the guest room, everyone likes to point that out. But if you have someone who is in a panic and you, you need, need to be yeah. remaining calm, I don't have time to fucking deal with that person. They need to get the fuck out of the room so I can think. Right. Exactly. Especially if I'm going to try to stage a scene. <laughs> and I, I don't have time that- for your panicking. <laughs> I have to get this shit ready for the cops. Exactly. I got to get this stuff cleaned up. Allegedly. Allegedly. But yeah, more than likely, he probably just told him, go call 911. And so that's what he did because his terrified brain is like, I can't make any decisions. I I don't know what to do. So I wouldn't find it strange that he didn't use that phone in the room. No, me neither. I I think out of all of this, that's one of the least strange things. Yeah. That and Dylan's behavior afterwards, I think, are the two least strange things of this entire case. Yeah. That can be easily explained away. Mm -hmm. Joe says the knife was laying on Robert's stomach. Like, what the actual fuck? Wait, I thought the knife on the night on the the side table. He picked it up and put it on the side. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Yes. He, but like, so the intruder stab, stab, stab. Here's the knife and laugh. I'll put it on your stomach. I'll put it on your stomach because it's not like 
Robert could have pulled it out of himself because then he would have been moving his hands and there would have been defensive wounds, right? Right. It's noted in the affidavit for Dylan Ward's arrest that witness number five stated that Joe Price told him he actually pulled the knife out of Robert's chest himself before placing it on the nightstand. But only one person claims that Joe Price told him that. And it was right after he had left the precinct, I believe, and everyone had gathered at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. So who knows? Who knows? Maybe the witness didn't even. I don't know how crowded that restaurant was. You know, you know how mom is. She pretends she can hear shit. Right. And then I mean, she you know, yeah. tell you later, and it's like so totally off. Exactly. Mom, did you get the towels? No, I ordered onion rings. <laughs> what do you What did you think I just asked you, Mom? Didn't you ask me if I ordered the salad? <laughs> Mom, this is Burger King in 1985. <laughs> They don't (laughs) have have salad salad on the menu. Oh, poor Linda. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, my mom can only hear out of one ear. So we have lots of entertaining Linda stories because she she was really good at reading lips. So if she was facing you, she could most of the time read your lips, but a lot of the time she would get lazy and be in a hurry because, you know, she's managing a household. She's working yeah. full time. She's running kids everywhere. She's making dinner from scratch <laughs> with a, a meat, a starch and a vegetable every night. <laughs> she this woman did not have time for reading lips all the time. So she would try to guess. And a lot oh of times she guessed very wrong. Very wrong. Like we were talking about Snoop Dogg and she said, we came, what did she say? We came down the 15. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) The 15? No, we weren't. We said Snoop Dogg. I don't know how that, I don't know where the 15 freeway comes in, but cool. (laughs) Glad you made it safe. <laughs> oh my God, Linda. <laughs> so, so who knows? But the police did find it weird that Joe dated ahead of time. You won't find the killer's prints on the knife because I touched the knife. Like, Sort of offering that up ahead of time. But why wouldn't the killer's prints be on the knife if he touched the knife? It should be, and my prints are on the knife, too. But in the interviews, Joe comes off as arrogant. But I don't know how much of that is just Joe Price is an attorney. Right. So I think he's not. He just wants he's probably making sure that, hey, You police officers, you're not going to trip me up with trying to, you know, railroad me into saying something that you want me to say or that incriminates me. I know the law. 
they you thought it was weird that he was overly concerned with Dylan and Victor and how they were and wanting to talk to them. And I don't find that weird at all. They're in Even, a relationship. <laughs> They're all right. in a relationship together. They exactly. live together. Exactly. <sighs> if my husband and I were like separated, he would be constantly asking. Yeah. Or, I don't even found a body of our friend in the house. And now we're, we're all suspects in the, in the, in this whole thing. Right. I don't even think Eric would be asking how I was. I think he would just be demanding to see me at that point because he'd be over it. Like, how long are you going to question me? I've watched 48 hours. I've watched the next 48. You're not going to good cop, bad cop me. (laughs) (laughs) I know my rights. I yeah, want to speak to my attorney. Get me to confess just from a with a Coke and a Snickers bar from the vending machine. I'm not doing <laughs> it. You better at least go get me a Wendy's shake. No shit, man. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't find his quote unquote arrogance weird. I don't think that's indicative that he murdered his friend. I think. That's just someone who is an attorney who's worked in the justice system. And Mm -hmm. I honestly feel like the police, this was a very homophobic investigation. And we'll cover that a a few minutes into this. We'll start talking about that more. But I feel like this was a very homophobic investigation. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not... To say that these men are not guilty, I think clearly someone knows someone did it. One of one of the three of them, two of the three of them. I don't think all three of them did it. I honestly don't think Victor had anything to do with it. But I feel like the focus from the very beginning of the police was mm-hmm. on the fact that these three men were in a relationship and they didn't understand the BDSM aspect. And mm-hmm. then everything that they found in Dylan's room that we're about to go over. I get that they ruled out an intruder very quickly. I mean, nothing was taken from that house. Everything was high end. Nothing was taken from the house. There were a million things that, that, that the quote unquote intruder encountered coming into the house before they even got to the second level to Robert that they could have taken that would have been worth value. Once they were in Robert's room, there was plenty, there were plenty of things they could have taken from Robert. Now, had Robert been awake, one might have argued that he probably would have fought them, but this is a man who carried a dummy wallet in case he got lost because he doesn't, didn't want to fight. You know, at the end of the day, his life wasn't worth it to him. Have the fucking extra wallet with extra money in it. So you think that that's that's what you got. But he's still going to fight if someone is trying to stab him. Stab him. Yeah. Yeah. So the back gate was locked. The the wooden fence off the patio. Is six feet high. And then there's a 10 foot high roll up security gate behind that. Okay. Also, Dylan's room was closer to the open back door than Robert's room was. So 
even if someone had scaled a 10 foot and then a six foot, right. I need tips for the Spartan wall climb because that's pretty fucking impressive to come over it on the way in and over it on the way out. But with nothing, with nothing, that doesn't make any sense. I'm just going to go into a house. I'm going to just find somebody. I'm going to um, search with surgical precision, stab them, um, leave the knife, somehow not um, trip the, the, uh, the, the chime either on the way in or the way out, do all of this and take and take nothing. I mean, maybe they realized on the way in after scaling a 10 foot fence and then a six foot fence that that 50 inch TV was going to be pretty hard to get over. (laughs) Yeah, maybe, but sure. But I'm still not buying it. They would have taken something for that effort, right? Some cash at least. Yeah, I I, we can all rule out the intruder. I mean, I really think. Yeah. Now, the when the police came back, there there were so many things that went wrong. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Well, and again, I think they were just so fucking focused on the BDSM aspect of this. Mm. So they go to Dylan's room, and I we are not here to kink shame. There's nothing wrong not. with dominant, submissive, consensual relationships that are engaged right. in. In a healthy way. Right. Okay. I just want to say that. So nothing that came out of Dylan's room to me is an, oh, my God, can you believe what this man had in his room? Yeah. And I mean, unless it had um, the victim's blood on it, I don't, (laughs) you know, I don't. Right. So I'm going to list some of the things that came out of the room that apparently were a shock to this police department. Racks, shackles, metal and leather collars, wrist and ankle restraints, mouth gags, black spandex hoods, assorted clamps and clips for nipples and for penis. But this was their relationship. That was all part of, I mean... Okay. This is pretty much like your standard. This is like what what like the Fifty Shades of Grey room that Mr. Grey yeah. had. Yeah. An enema kit, metal penis rings, penis vices, studded penis bindings, dildos, butt plugs, nipple suction devices, electrical current shock device. A device designed to force the wearer, the wearer to drink another's urine. Various books relating. In, I mean, that's interesting. It's interesting, but if you have a yeah. urine kink, it's yeah. Not- I mean, I've never heard. I, that's not my world, so I'm like, hmm. Various books relating to inflicting pain on others for purposes of sexual gratification. Inflicting electric shocks on others for pleasure and pain, enslaving others for sexual gratification, manuals concerning sadomasochistic practices, books dedicated to bondage practices, 
Many of these books contain passages highlighted by the reader. I'm just saying that because it says it in the affidavit, but to me, I highlight books all the time. Let's try this out next time. I'll I'll bend a page over in a magazine if there's a recipe that I want to save for later. I highlight quotes in books that I think are cool. I, I just, all of this is just normal to me. Here's the thing that most people are focused on. Okay. A milking machine. It's an Eros Tech Ultimate Electro Sex for Hands-Free Orgasms. Okay. According to Kinky.com, the machine is very versatile. Power can be varied from a gentle stimulation to outright pain, which I suppose... If he was drugged and someone was using that milk machine on him, could be the desperation cry the neighbor heard. Could be. But I feel like the police were overly focused on Dylan's room and on all of his sex toys. Yeah. But, but, sex toys aside, there was also a knife set. Like a shaft, like a shaft. And this nice set was actually missing a knife. It was a three knife set and they were missing the knife whose blade would match the three stabs in Robert. Allegedly. Okay. Allegedly, I think Dylan in a sleepwalking, don't know what you're doing. I think, I don't, I think something happened. But that's still, I mean, you can't do the sleepwalking thing forever. Like you can't stand there and like drug someone to create the needle marks in him, to paralyze him, to hook him up to a milking machine, to like, put a butt plug in him that puts his semen back inside him and then stab him. Like you're not going to do all of that on Ambien. If he had just been stabbed, that would be one thing. But maybe he was participating in the play, right? Before everybody supposedly took their sleeping pills and went to bed. Maybe. And then sleepwalking to take my allegedly take the knife and do something in your sleep that you don't remember doing. Allegedly. Allegedly. Maybe we should have people drink with allegedly instead of so. Listen, (laughs) we need to put like a little thing every time we say it, like a little bell rings. Oh my God. So the three were charged with conspiracy, obstructing justice and tampering evidence in 2008. They chose to go before a judge instead of a jury, which was a really smart move considering how much publicity this case got in D.C. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Joe probably knew that they could make a good case to get off. No pun intended. So the (laughs) there we are in the so. For the drinking game. <laughs> After a five-week trial, I guess that, not I guess, I know. 
<laughs> after a five-week trial. Yeah, you know, maybe. It all could have been a dream. <laughs> I don't know. We just woke up. Who knows what happened, I guess. <laughs> I guess after the trial, something happened. Yada, we could just yada, yada, yada it, and uh, nobody knows what happened. Good night. <laughs> after a five-week trial, maybe it was six weeks. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Yes, I don't know. Maybe. Something happened. And then, you know. I said, so you're all drinking. Everybody's drunk. Good night. So D.C. Superior Judge Lynn Leibowitz said, despite suspicious and even damning circumstances, prosecutors had not proved the defendant's guilt beyond reasonable doubt. She apologized to Robert Wan's family, saying, Quote, my focus on the difference between moral certainty and evidentiary certainty in this case is probably cold comfort to those who loved Robert Wan and wish for some measure of peace or justice. And I am extremely sorry for this. How heartbreaking. Yes. That is so tragic that because what she's saying is, is that morally, yet probably, they probably, you know. She stated that she felt that they knew what happened. Right. But there was no evidence, you know, evidence is one thing to prove guilt and I that she just didn't see that it was there. The lumen, they messed up the blood evidence, you know, when they were spraying in the house. Yep. So that set them back. They brought dogs in to sniff for blood and the dog hit on the, the lint trap in the dryer and the drain on the patio. Which is okay. weird locations. That's but nice. we don't know if it was Robert's blood, if they like cleaned everything up and then and and everyone keeps focusing on the timeline, which I mean, there's there was just so little time for Robert to have gotten there, been drugged, been raped, been stabbed. Oh, shit. Now we got to cover this up. And then a race around to clean up blood evidence and yeah. any kind of evidence and. And stage this whole thing and act like. Within what, 90 minutes? Yes. From that's the time Robert mind. got there to the time they called. He was dead to the time they called 911. He was dead and they had they had tampered with evidence and obstructed justice and covered up a crime scene like. In 90 minutes, all they are masterminds. I mean, if if they did it, then they are absolute masterminds. I mean, it just doesn't leave much time to drug a man, sexually assault him, kill him, and clean him up. If they spent time talking and slipped him, even if they slipped him the drugs, then in the water when he first got there, it's 45 minutes for that to kick in. Maybe maybe a little less. I mean, I know the pharmacist I spoke with said it would be 45 minutes for it to kick in. But I know I feel things a lot faster than most people. So 
even if, say, he's like me, within 30 minutes, I would say, he so he felt it. That still leaves him, what, an app, like, but, but if we go by the 45 minutes. Already, he's already tired. So if they did slip him something, he's already tired. He's going to go now take a warm shower. He's relaxed. So maybe the effects happened faster if they slipped him something. Which I think it makes sense kind of that that happened because he drafted and didn't send emails at 11.05 and 11.07. Probably to me, I think that was him. I don't think it was, you know, Mm -hmm. some people, there's a theory that it was the guys who did or whoever the killer did it to try to make the timeline look whatever. To me, if if I'm feeling a bit woozy and maybe he's he's had that warm shower, the drugs have kicked in, he's feeling a bit woozy and he right. thinks he's sending the first email, drafts the second one and doesn't send it. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But we'll I mean, never that's... know. Like the the other thing is his BlackBerry was returned by the police. Be- they didn't fingerprint it or anything. They gave it back to his wife. His wife then gave it back to Radio Free Asia, where it was wiped and given to someone new for use. But even if you go by this timeline, Didi, like, so 11.07 is like that last one. So by 11.10... They'd have to, they assaulted him from 11.15 to 11.30-ish and gave themselves 19 minutes to clean it up and cover up a crime scene? I mean, like I said, they would have to be masterminds to not to say, okay, our our friend has been stabbed. And so you're thinking there's going to be a ton of blood, but maybe because of the surgical, I don't know. I just don't, it doesn't. A lot of the bleeding seems to be internal. Internal. So maybe he didn't bleed out. So he bled, he, you know, he bled, bled in, which internal. maybe because he was already starting to fade from the drugs. Who knows? True. But was it a panic? Like, did they think that he had stopped breathing and they panicked and wanted to try to make it look like a murder? So he stabbed him. And then and then Victor's hysterical because Victor is didn't know any of this shit was going down. Like, I don't, like, I don't know. All I can say is, in my opinion, absolutely, those three people, at least one of them knows exactly what happened that night. Yes. To Robert. Probably one more of them likely had. too. I think yeah. Joe knows. I don't, yeah. I don't think that Joe necessarily was the one who did it. I I mean, I lean towards Dylan having done it, but I. It could have been it could have been play gone awry. Right. Which is. Maybe what happened, like. I mean, I know the police swear up and down that they looked into Robert's background and found nothing, but. Five years ago, if something had happened to me and they looked into my background, I mean, no one talks. No one from my background would talk. They would not have known 
that I had also had relationships with women. Like, it's not. I I don't know. And, you know, it, it could be a cultural thing where you just don't. That's definitely not something you would ever speak about. Maybe it was just something between him and his friends that happened on occasion. I right. We don't. We don't. We know. just don't. We don't. You know. We just. I guess we will never know. We won't. Yeah. And maybe that's never. part also of of the cover up is wanting to protect. Robert's reputation as well, you know, who knows, but I do. The other thing that I think is very, very strange to me about the whole Joe Victor scenario is that they hear whether it's the screams or the grunts, they immediately race downstairs to check on Robert. Both of them have said that. So first of all, they don't check on Dylan. They don't check on the other roommate. No, they don't. They don't check. Like they don't split and one check on Dylan and one check on Robert. They both go to Robert first. They find Robert like that and nobody goes to check on Dylan. It's immediately sending Victor up to call 911 and no one's like, maybe we ought to check on the third dude in our relationship because he might be stabbed and dying in bed as well. Like, yeah, that to me is all awful. very. It's all very. It, it's all very suspect. But if there's no evidence that the judge says that can can point to them participating in this crime, what are you going to do? What are you supposed to do? There were a few places that said that Joe stated he found Robert at the patio door, but I could never corroborate that with the legal documents that I perused, Yeah, which was where I got the majority of my information from, um, was affidavits, mm-hmm. a few news articles, but I find that the legal documents to be, I shouldn't say more accurate because it's all dependent upon the police. And we know that sometimes things can change. Right. Um, There's no body camera footage from this. This wasn't a police shooting, so we don't have to worry about that. But that doesn't mean that sometimes they get so focused that instead of following the evidence, they want the evidence to fit what they believe happened. True. It's biased. It's, you know, so. And that could be part of the case here and part of why everything went awry from the beginning and we don't have answers. I do believe that they are 100% correct that there was not an intruder in the house. Absolutely. There's just that doesn't make any sense. And in in, based on what we know, it just doesn't. There's no way. So it happened. So it was someone in in the house. It had to be. Yeah, there's just no other way that it was anyone else. So so the judge was right in stating that she truly believes, I truly believe, that they know what happened. Mm-hmm. They know the truth. They are covering up. But they're just, sometimes there's just not enough. Right. I 
I tried to make a list of the weirdness in this case, and I started listing things. And then about five or six things in, I said, there is way more weird about this than there is normal. Yeah. I mean, exactly. The normal list is a lot shorter. The twists and turns. I mean, mean, sometimes it's just not, it's not fair and you're not going to get the answer that you want. Right. No matter what you think you may, may know, it's just in a court of law, there's different standards and they have to go by those standards. Or they should. (laughs) They should. It doesn't always happen that way, but I feel like in this case, you had an attorney as one of the defendants who Mm. is well aware of the legal system. Right. Exactly. And knew what he was doing. Yep. So that is part two. And we still never solved the David Copperfieldness of the semen, his own semen being that in his anal cavity in his rectum was amazing i can't even Ugh. the crazy crazy case and i just feel so bad for his relatives for his loved ones for his family because he was clearly a very kind amazing man who touched so many lives and it is a huge loss not just for his family and his wife but it sounds like for the community as a whole exactly yeah just that he was a really really good person and I am so so sad that there is not justice for him me too You can find us on iTunes. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. I just put us on Twitter, so you can follow us over there if you tweet. We are on Instagram and, of course, on Facebook. Feel free to email us at murderonmystreet at gmail.com. If you want to suggest a case or talk about a case, you can also, people are talking about the cases on our Facebook page as well. So you can jump in and join in on that conversation too. Community. Yes. And we will see you next week. All right, everybody. Stay safe out there. Yes. Bye. Bye.